touch him. You guys need to get you some people like that around your life. Amen. Amen. I love this. Uh, you got to love this group of people. Some people. Everyone say some people. You know what I like about these people? They're not called by name, but they're just some people. But they cared enough about this blind man to know that Jesus could change the blind man's perspective and his life forever. That they cared enough about him to take him to bring this blind man to Jesus. Amen. It reminds me of the uh, the friends in, in the scripture who led the paraplegic man to Jesus. You know what? They couldn't get into the building and everybody was busy because he was speaking. And what do they did? They said, well, we'll just cut a hole in the roof. And they drop him down right where Jesus is. Can I tell you something? You need friends like that that will do whatever it takes to get you to Jesus. I love that. Let me ask you this, and I'll just say this to everybody in the house. I don't want to pick on the teenagers, but I want to pick on anybody. Who are you hanging out with? Are those people leading you to Jesus? Or are they keeping you from Jesus? Friends who, who will always point you to Jesus. Or, or are your friends ones who do not, who say, well, you know, you could go to church on Sunday. Or you could go to church. Why, why don't we go to the lake on Sunday, right? Or, or why don't we do this? And, and they're not pushing you towards Jesus, but they're pulling you away from Jesus. Let me ask you this. I'm going to ask some pretty pointed questions today, but that's nothing new for me. When was the last time you led someone to Jesus? Woo, come on, somebody, right? Oh, boy, I liked it. I liked having godly friends until you said that. You know, it is our job as believers to lead someone to Christ. Let me, let me just put it to you this way. It says that they led him to Jesus. They did not lead him to church. They led him to Jesus. I'm glad that you can invite your friends to church. I think that that's great. But listen, do you, does your life exemplify Christ and show Christ enough that you can lead someone to Christ? Say, so I don't know how to lead someone to Christ. Good, we've got little cards back there, bookmarks that you can grab that, that to give you step-by-step step the order of how to lead someone to Christ. You ought to take that, put it in your Bible, memorize it, so when the time comes that you can lead and point someone to Jesus Christ. This is how you come to a relationship with Jesus. Listen to me. I want to challenge you to learn to lead someone to Christ. Well, that's your job, Pastor. It's your job, too. Amen? Yeah, oh, come on. Come on, somebody, right? Can I tell you something? That you can lead someone to Christ outside of the church building. Can I tell you about my pastor friend in, in California uh, uh, who, who was led to Christ. Come on. He got saved in his friend's uh, in, in the pastor's front yard of his house, and, and his best friend, which is my wife's father, uh, my father-in-law, led him to Christ, brought him to this pastor's home and said, hey, this guy needs to know Jesus. And right there in the front yard of their house, he kneels down. Come on. He's all strung out on drugs. He was high as a kite. But he knelt down on grass, and God freed him from grass. Come on, somebody. And he was saved right then and there. Let me challenge you. You can lead someone to Christ. Amen. Oh, I, I love this. So, the, the, and what I love about these people is this. They also beg Jesus to touch him. What do you mean by that, Pastor? When was the last time you prayed for somebody? Say, Lord, will you touch this person? 
Lord, will you help this person, God? Will you, will you help them, Lord? Will you show them the light, God? Will you, will you just uh, help them? And, and, and here's what I'll tell you this. Faith is, is, is shared, not borrowed. Let me give you a good example of this. I, I'm grateful. I, t- I talked a little bit about my heritage. My, my uncles and, and my grandparents were all pastors, and that's great. My dad is a pastor of a church, and my brother, you know, works in a church. And I'm, I'm proud of my heritage, and I'm proud that they're all pastors, and I'm a pastor. But here's here's the thing. This is what I'll tell you is this. Their faith cannot save me. Their faith is shared in me, but I can't borrow their faith to get me into heaven. Come on, somebody, right? Uh, oh, oh, man, some of, you, some of us don't want to hear that. Uh, you know, I cannot be saved, come on, on my mom and dad's faith. They can pray for me. They can share me their faith. But listen, there's a point in in my life that I have to make my own decision. And there's a point, listen to me, some of you come here because your parents brought you. Some of you come here because your grandparents asked you to be here. Listen, there's a point where you have to make your own relationship with Jesus Christ. Come on, right? My, my dear friend, man, he, he, he speaks a sermon, Randy Lawrence, and, and I love this sermon. He calls it uh, thrift store faith, thrift store faith. You cannot live off a of secondhand faith from your grandparents or your parents. Listen to me, young people. If you want to know Jesus, you are going to have to make that decision for yourself, not your parents for you. I know this is, this is very pointed. You can't piggyback on your mom's faith into heaven. Can I tell you something? One of my pastor friends in Texas, one of the things that, that I learned from, his, from him is this. If you're going to heaven, you're going to do it with intention and you're going to do it on purpose. His statement is this. He always said this. Is no one in the history of the world ever woke up in heaven accidentally. It's going to be a decision that you make to believe on Jesus Christ and to believe in him. Come on, somebody, right? And, and so it, it's interesting to me, you know, that the, this, this blind man, he couldn't borrow his friend's faith to heal him or transform him. He had to, he had to uh, uh, submit to Jesus in that moment. Can I tell you this? In every church, there are people who are cultural Christians. Come on, somebody. Which means this. Christianity is more of a heritage or a habit than a defining devotion to Christ. And I say, God, forgive me if I've been that way. And I say, God, forgive us. Lord, I say, Pastor Ben, you're being so pointed. I'm challenging you to get out of your lukewarmness. I'm challenging you. I'm pressing you. I'm pushing you to the the greater things of God. Some of you are walking in the same place with the same blinders on that you've walked in for years. And I'm just telling you, led by the Holy Spirit today, that God wants to remove those blinders and take you to new levels in him. Amen. Some of you say, I can never lead someone to Jesus. I disagree. The Holy Spirit can do a lot of things in you. Amen. I'm not picking on you. I'm challenging you today as a believer to get devoted in these things. I'm challenging you to go past the status quo. Mom and dad. Oh, man. uh, Go a little bit deeper. Come on. Uh, You know, friends can and should inspire us. I I love my friends. There are a lot of people. I have a lot of friends. They inspire me. They they make me, if I'm down, they can help lift me up. But listen, uh, their faith cannot substitute my own personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Uh, so, so let me let me just ask these questions for you. These are rhetorical. Don't answer these. That means you don't answer them. You just think about it. 
Who are you leading to Christ? All right. And who are you praying for right now? Amen. And here's the last thing I'll say here is you, you'll have to come to Jesus on your own. Here's, here's number two, point number two, some things, some more things that we can glean from this is this. Who is leading you? Who's leading you? Everyone say, who's leading you? I'll never forget uh, one Sunday afternoon when my parents were pastoring and I was a young kid. I don't know how old I was, maybe nine, ten years old. I went with an older kid. I think maybe he was a couple years older than me. And he invited me over to his house one Sunday afternoon to spend time with him. And I was like, yeah, I'll go over to your house. And we were, uh, you know, just doing things that kids do. We were outside. It was a beautiful sunny day. And, and this kid's name was Jeremiah. I won't tell you his, his last name because you can probably look him up on social media. But his name was Jeremiah. And, and I'll never forget, we were out playing, riding bikes and playing basketball. And at one point, we started throwing rocks. Come on, somebody. Oh, you know where this is going. And I'll never forget, uh, Jeremiah, Jeremiah's dad didn't go to church, all right. I'll just tell you right off the get-go. His mom went to church. Jeremiah's dad did not go to church. And, and uh, uh, it, we were throwing rocks. And the next thing I know, he, uh, he threw a rock, and he, his dad had an old classic pickup. Come on, somebody. And he was, man, it was just sitting there. He was going to work on it and fix it up. And he threw a rock, and he busted one of the windows in that truck. And we, I looked at him, and I thought, oh, man, we are dead. And you know what Jeremy did? Man, he reached down and grabbed another rock, and he started throwing rocks at the windows. And we, and then I, what did I do? I was a good follower. I grabbed a rock. I started throwing rocks. Come on, right? We were having fun, right? And I'm going, I knew in my heart, man, this is not right. This is not right. And, and we busted every window out in that truck. If I'm lying, I'm dying. <laughs> you see, pastors got, you see, pastors had some tough times too. And I'll never forget, I'll never forget, I'll never forget when his dad found out. I told you he didn't go to church. I heard words that I wasn't used to hearing. And, and I'll never forget his poor mom. She came in and she said, um, did, did you, was it you who threw a rock first? And I said, no, absolutely not. And, and, uh, and she said, oh, okay. And, and honestly, I, I mean, still this day I feel really bad about it. I mean, I haven't really apologized. I mean, I'm pretty sure I had to apologize. I'm pretty sure my parents made me apologize to him. I don't know if that helped fix his windows or whatever. But, um, but I was a follower. Can I ask you this? Who is leading you? Who is leading you? I, I love this bit of scripture. Mark chapter 8, verse 23 says this. And he took the blind man by the hand and led him where? Out of the village. Jesus took him by the hand and said, okay, come on. He began to lead him. He began to take him somewhere. And when he had, had spit on his eyes and laid his hands on him, he asked, do you see anything? So Jesus leads him out of the city. Uh, when we surrender to Jesus, come on, when we surrender to Jesus, he will lead us away from old things to new things. When you submit to Jesus, this is what he does. Come on, that old man. We're going we're gonna to get away from that. 
that old way of talking, that old way of thinking, come on, we're going to come over here because, listen, there's a better place over here. I need to get you out of this. Look at this. Psalms 139.10 says this. Even, even there your hand shall lead me. Come on, the Lord, talking about the Lord leading it, And your right hand shall hold me. How many want Jesus to hold us? Psalm 5.8 says this. Lead me, O Lord, in your righteousness because of my enemies. Make your way straight before me. He'll lead us. And Matthew 6.13 says this. And lead us uh, not into what? Temptation, the Lord, uh, but deliver us what? From evil. He is taking us from what is bad and taking us to what is good. First Peter 2, 9 through 10, I love this. But you, come on, everyone say, that's me. You are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his only, his own special people that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of what? Out of what? Into what? To marvelous light. From darkness to marvelous. He's leading you away from your sinful nature. Who once were not a people but are now the people of God. Who had not obtained mercy but now have obtained mercy. Sometimes God has to lead us away from our circumstances so he can knock some stuff off of us. Come on somebody, right? Amen. Some of us uh, need to change our friends. Come on, right? Sometimes the, the, the Lord has to say, hey, I, I, I'm going to pull you out of that group of friends because they are dragging you down and you are a new creature. You are a new creation. You need, you need to be around some people that, that are not taking you down the same path of sin. What about this? Sometimes God will take you out of your job so you can get up on your feet. Come on, right? So he can bless you, so he can do great things. Sometimes God has to change our settings so we won't be tempted and destroy our own life. Come on, right? I know that's not popular. Here's what's interesting about this. Why did Jesus take him out of the village? It was chaotic in the village because earlier in this chapter, if you go back and read it in Mark chapter 8, the Pharisees, they're there with Jesus and they're like, Jesus, give us a sign. Give us a miracle. Show us a sign. And Jesus is like, oh, you generation, you guys are always looking for a sign, and you're missing it because I am, I am the one that can do miraculous things. You're, you're seeking the signs versus seeking what God, and Jesus rebukes them for seeking a sign. So how often, come on, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tread on some tough water. Everyone, everyone, get your toes ready right now, all right? Look, listen, but how often in our lives do we seek the gifts and not the giver? Lord, I want healing. And God's, but, you know, Lord, I, I love you. Lord, I'll trust you through this process. Oh, I don't know about you. When I was young, I, I loved to get gifts. I still love to get gifts. And, you know, there was times when I was younger where sometimes I would get a gift that just wasn't the gift that I wanted. Come on, somebody. And what do you do when you get that gift? Oh, cool. Right? And on to the next, right? And your mom says, what? You tell grandma, th no, okay, I'm going to pick on grandma. You tell them thank you, right? Thank you. Right? Uh, and some of the gifts I didn't get excited about and some I love. But now that I'm a little bit older, now I'm a little bit more mature and I'm losing my hair and it's turning gray. Come on, right? And I'm grown up. I understand that, that the gift is nice, but what's more important than the gift is the giver. 
right? Come on, somebody, right? Is is the giver? Uh, you know, you know. It's we. Oh, I'll step on to here we go. You know, after Christmas, come on, after Christmas, man, we talk about Santa Claus, Santa Claus, and then in January, ain't nobody talking about Santa Claus, right? We are all about the gift and not the the giver. Okay, that was a bad example. But but how often do we as believers chase, come on, uh, listen, listen to me, hear my heart. How often as believers do we chase signs and wonders, the miraculous, come on, we chase it. We chase it. We're, God, I, I, I want to chase, I want to see this and, and wonders. And when Jesus said it in Mark 16, that these signs will follow them that believe. We chase the gifts instead of the giver. Oh, come on now. I, I know that's, uh, nobody wants to hear that. That bounced off every wall in this, this, this house today. But here's what happened. God brings us out. He's leading us out of evil, and it's, it's a new thing with God. And, 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 and if, if we are to follow Jesus, can I tell you something? If you're going to follow Jesus, it's going to cost us. It's going to cost us. Boy, you're selling this really good for us, Pastor, right? Matthew 16, 24 says this, and Jesus told his disciples, if anyone would come after me, let him what? Deny. Deny himself. Deny himself. Can I tell you something? Your Christianity and your walk with God is about denying yourself. It's not about you. It's about Jesus Christ in you. You have to deny yourself and, 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 and take up his cross and follow me. So uh, ourselves, we have to deny ourselves. What, what does that mean? That means not my will, Lord, but yours be done in me. That's a, that's a, that's a tough ask. But that's what the Lord requires of us, a full 100% surrender. But let me ask you this, how many times are we led by culture instead of Jesus? Got to think this way, you got to be this. How many times are we led by relationship of friends or boyfriends and girlfriends instead of Jesus trying to pull us out of circumstances? Come on, right? Uh, but 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 here's what God does. God loves us so much that he could lead us, he could grab us. He's a, he's he's omniscient. He's he's omni, you know, present. He is he is all powerful. He is almighty. He is everywhere. He could grab us and pull us, but God gives us free will to make the decision if we want to follow him or not. He's sitting there with his hand open going, "Come on." But we have to put our hand out and say, "God, I I surrender. I will follow you. Follow you." So, let me ask you this again. Who's leading you? Is it your fleshly desires? Is it your sinful nature? Is it your friends? Is it your, your whatever the case? And, and Jesus takes him outside the village, and the Bible says this, and that he spit in his eyes. And I don't know, when I think about that, I think that's nasty. The story bothers me somewhat. I'm being honest. But I, I know this about Jesus. Jesus' ways are, are, are higher than our ways, and I don't always understand everything. And you know, when I think about a spit going on, my spit going on someone else, you know what I think of? That is disrespectful. Right? Man, you ever been spit on by somebody? Woo! Man, that, makes, that gets you fired up really fast. You'll see the flesh rise up and be really fast. But, but it's, it's interesting. I don't think Jesus is disrespecting the man. He's disrespecting 
the condition of the man, the blindness of the man. See, see, spit, you got to understand this, in biblical times was medicinal. It was, it was readily available, right? It was cheap, so, and it was used for medical practices. You know what? When I scraped my knee riding my bike when I was young, you know what I used to do? Right? Total opposite of what you should be doing, right? They tell you your mouth is the dirtiest place in your, your whole body. Like here I am spitting all these germs thinking, hey, I'm doing a good thing here, right? Come on, how many have ever done that? All right, good. All right, I'm not the only one. So, but but it, it's interesting. Go with me. Jesus, he he covers the man's eyes and and the blindness uh, with his spit, and it's symbolic of him. Come on, listen. This is just symbolic of what Jesus does on the cross uh, for us. His blood covers us. His blood makes things right. His blood frees us. This is just a small picture. He's like, hey, this is a future of what's going to happen when the blood of Jesus is applied. The blinders come off, and we can see God like we need to see God. How many know that the broken relationship is mended when the blood of Jesus is applied? Amen? Amen. Here's the last point. I'm going to ask the worship team to come is this. What do you see? What do you see? Look at this. Mark chapter 8, verse 23 through 24. Do you see anything, Jesus says. And the blind man, he looked up and said, I see people, but they look like trees walking. And I love the man's honesty here um, with Jesus. I, I see them, but it's blurry. I don't even know how this guy knew what a tree looked like. I don't even know that he knew what a man looked like. But it's interesting to me. But it, it's blurry. I see, I see the Lord. But, but here's what happens to us. When we're saved, we oftentimes see the Lord clearly. But where we struggle is we see other people as trees and not the way that God wants us to see them. Come on, hang on with me. They look like trees, not people. And, 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 and his perception is, is messed up. I can see Jesus, but, but I'm struggling with all these people. They just look like trees. And there's, there's a lesson in this for you and I. When Jesus opens our eyes and we're saved, we often see the Lord correctly, but we view people wrong. Right? Our eyes are open. But we aren't seeing clearly. And, you know, my mom, when, when she wasn't seeing clearly until she had her cataract surgery. And now she sees clearly. Matter of fact, she told me, man, son, you are better looking than I remember. I think she's just being nice. 1 John 4.20 tells us this, that if we say we love God, come on, I'm, uh, we're going to get down where the rubber meets the road. If we love God but we hate our brother, that we have sinned and we have missed the mark and I think there's a real practical lesson here you know can I tell you this there was a time in my life that I I didn't want to tell everyone about Jesus honest there's time in my life where I looked at people and thought they don't deserve to hear the mercy of God's grace they don't they don't they don't deserve that here I am in my prideful say, self saying, you don't deserve God's grace. Boy, I need to be knocked off my high horse, right? And you know what? In that time, I, I was thinking about this. I saw people as trees and not through the lens of Christ. And you know what happened? I missed the mark. I was going to church, but I was blind. I had the wrong perspective. See, many of us have, have no problem loving God, but there are people, oh, come on, who are like trees to us. 
try to cut them down. We try to cut them out. They don't smell like us. They don't dress like us. They don't look like us. They don't talk like us. Come on. It may be a father who ignored you. It may be a spouse who divorced you. It may be someone who abused you. It may be a boss who fired you or a friend who betrayed you. But in Matthew chapter 22, verse 36 through 40, it says this, Teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law, Jesus says this in verse 37. He said to him, you shall what? Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. This is the great and first commandment. And the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. And then he says this. On these two commandments, these two commandments depend the law and the prophets. Love God, love people. Oh, it's beautiful. These two commandments are linked. But, but how do we love those who only, we only see as trees? If you read on here in, in Mark chapter 8, 25, then Jesus laid his hands on his eyes again. Second prayer. Laid hands on him twice. And then it says this, and he opened his eyes. And his sight was restored. And he saw everything clearly. You know, I, I thought about this. Did Jesus miss it when he laid hands on him twice you know some people say you should only pray for people once it's a lack of faith I, I know, Jesus prayed for someone twice so I'm, I'm going to argue that point right there of course not I don't think he missed it but this, this man what you need to understand he came from a very demonically oppressed area and the truth is God is still working on each of us sometimes there's process that we go through you've heard me talk about this week after week after week and 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 man we're saved but sometimes God is working the hard edges off of us and he's saying hey you can be better come on I've got greater things for you can I tell you this when did it become a bad thing to come back to Jesus for a touch when did repentance become a bad word you should repent oh if I repent if I go to the altar and confess my sins and in front of everybody, people are going to know something's wrong. Good. Get off your pride. Listen, there isn't any of us that have arrived fully in this, this house. Listen to me. God's been patient with you. God's been patient with me. He's still working on me. You may be prideful and think he's still not working on you, but he's still working the rough edges out of me. He's still teaching me and loving me. Repentance is not a bad word. It's not something that we should run from, but run to. God, I'm sorry. The Bible says when Jesus touched him the second time, his eyes opened and he could see everything clearly. I love that. And that means this for us, our spiritually speaking, our perspective is made right. We saw Jesus through the right lens and we begin to see people the right way, the way that God sees them. I had to ask the Lord at, at, at one point in my life, God, teach me to love on people that are unlovable, that I, that I think are unlovable. And it was a hard thing for me to, to drop my pride and say, God, help me to see people like you see people. God, because you don't see a drug addict, God, you see a potential, you see a minister, you see somebody that can help transform lives. The King James Version says that, that, that he looked up, that the, the blind man looked up. He postured his heart in prayer, and, and he communed with God. He was restored. You know, I, you know, there's this song. 
it's not it's not a Christian song, but I but I, I think it's a, a good song. I mean, and it simply goes like this. Some of you know this song. I know when I start singing it, some of you are gonna start singing it. It goes like this. I can see clearly now that the what? Oh, I wish you knew the Christian songs like you knew those. I can see what all the obstacles. What? Oh, that's good, right? Gone are the dark clouds that what made me blind. Come on, it's going to be a bright, bright, sunshiny day. And today, this is what I'll say to you. Is that God, if you'll let him, he'll pull the blinders off your eyes. All right? With your heads bowed and your eyes closed, if you don't know Jesus in this house, this is your moment to come and know him. You feel the unction of the Holy Spirit in this house. You say, I, I want to see. I want to see. I want to I want to see clearly. I want to see Christ clearly. I want to see people clearly today. And if, if, if that's you and you want to, you need a relationship with Jesus Christ, would you just, with no one looking around, would you just lift your hand? Anybody in this, in this house right now? Thank you. Thank you. All right. N another, another, another uh, group I want to talk to. Maybe you're here and you say, hey, I I've had a, a skewed view. The blinders are on. I, I'm not seeing people the way that, that Christ wants me to see people. I, I need a new perspective. I need a fresh perspective in my life. Uh, and maybe you're maybe you're saved. And maybe, but but man, maybe you just say, I just need to come before the Lord. And I just need to repent because I just need a fresh fresh perspective again. If that's you, come on, would you just lift your hand? Anybody in this house? Hands going up all over the place. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. God bless you. God bless you. This is what I want to do. Will, will you do me a favor? If you raise your hand, if you raise your hand, will you do me a favor? Will you stand with me? Will you will you come down front? Come on. Will you just come down front? I want to pray with you today. I feel I feel compelled to do this today. I want to pray with you. Come on. I, I believe that God is going to take some scales off some eyes. I believe that God is going to help us to see some things. Come on. I need some people that will pray with these people. Come on. I need, I need some people, some prayer warriors to come down. Come on. Come on, come on, I need some, come on, I need some some uh, uh, board members and, and wives. Come on, find somebody, lay some hands on some people, begin to pray for them. Say, maybe you're in your seat, say, Pastor, everything's good with me. Stretch your hands this way, begin to pray for those. And it, just that God would begin to lift the scales off of their highs, that God would begin to, to, to minister to them. God, God, I pray, Lord, that you help us to see you, God, clearly. God, help us to see God. Uh, God, will you do what you do in this moment, Lord? Let your let your let your blood cover us and touch us, God, and begin to change us, God. God, I pray, Lord, that the scales that that may be over our eyes, God, our perception of people, Lord, would be made right, Lord. Help us to love people like you love people. In Jesus' name, come on, begin to pray. Come on, right where you're at. They're gonna sing this just for a couple of moments. Come on, right where you're at. If you're out there, come on, just stretch your hands this way. Begin to pray for them. God, oh, help us to see what is right in Jesus' name.